Stole My Comedy Game Design Podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm Travis Scott, and with me as always is Benson. Yes, I am. Hello, hello. Hello. Okay. So Lockdown. This, it's are, still there, but- We're still locked down, but I think we're going to do the irresponsible thing. We're going to be a couple of we're Gladys's. We're going to open up. We're going to be a couple of Gladys's. We're going to live with the lockdown, and- we're just going to open up to free for all. In fact, let it rip. Th- this has just come to me because you said Gladys. Mm. We're just going to choose randomly throughout throughout the whole night as to which ones are going to be locked down and which ones are not. Like, make <laughs> right. the rules really, really vague. Yeah, just uh, if it's about a picnic, then we can only have five people. Uh, if it's in a playground, then we need to check in with our QR codes. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and and then occasionally it's just going to be like you can have a thousand people at. At this one game because, you know, we just don't care. Yeah, because you, uh, you know, you're more important than everyone else. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. So, Click Pitch is a game where we each have a random word generator in front of us. And on the count of three, two, one, click, we're each going to get an adjective and a noun. And we are going to turn those random words into uh, inspired video games. Hmm. That sounds like a great idea for a podcast. Let's go. Three, two, one, click. Hmm. We should do that. All right. Pressing dead. Weak reset. Ooh, okay. A weak reset. That's an interesting. Uh, weak as in uh, frail. Yes. Yeah. Not 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 as in the, not the seven, actual seven days. Yeah. Seven day seven period. Days. <laughs> <laughs> it's the ring of <laughs> ring reset. <laughs> reset the ring. Uh, okay. Pressing dead. Weak. Reset. So, what's come into my head is, if you remember in Dead Rising, you could actually at any time click a button and restart your progress from the start of the game with all all your current progress mm-hmm. of how powerful you actually were, but you just started the time over again. Yes. I like that idea of bringing that in, that idea okay. of- um, of, a, of essentially a-, a I was going to say a-, a Linear game. It doesn't necessarily have to be linear, but you have a time period that you're playing through, and I mean this, this could be, this could actually be like a roguelike sort of thing, and you're really really powerful, and you go, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna click a button. You restart from floor one with all the items that you've already start already found, yeah. and you can blitz through the first the first couple of floors. Well, it's and- interesting. So that that rem- I don't know if you play any of those stupid idle mini ga- um, mo- uh, mobile games. They're horrible. And every now and then I'll need something to do on my phone. And one will- Oh, hang on a second. This episode of Bitstorm is is sponsored by Raid Shadow Legends. Go on. (laughs) (laughs) That's not the type of game I mean. I don't think I've ever played Raid Shadow Legends. Um, No, these are ones where you like- you, there'll be some gameplay involved, and I was playing one recently, which was like it was a tower defensey sort of thing, but it was basically endless rounds, and you you could just let it run. Um, and as you gained uh, currency, you could then like upgrade your towers, and eventually you'd be powerful enough to get to the next set of stages or whatever. But what those games bring in often is essentially that it's like okay, you're going to take your progress, you're going to reset it. Usually, they'll give you then a set of a different currency that you can then spend on other things that you can only get by essentially resetting your progress. Um, but you start from the start and you've, and you usually, you keep your, uh, in, in, at least in this one, you, you keep all your upgrades and stuff. So yes, yeah, so it's, it's essentially you'll get through those first ones so much faster, but you can re earn all that money and eventually be stronger by the end. 
So I'm not saying we do an idle game, definitely, because they're also they're horrible, and I end up playing them for too long, and then going, "What the fuck am I doing?" And I'm doing um, it from my phone. See, I really, I'm really lazy at the moment, so idling is is one of those things that you know I'm very idle at the moment. I don't do work if, work if I don't have to, mm-hmm. but for this time only, we're going to de- design a game, not something that you just let play on its own. Yeah, just for this time. Yeah, most of our games are idle games, and, and they just play play themselves. Uh, yeah, no, I don't. If you if you haven't watched it, if you haven't listened before, and you're new to sarcasm, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> My point was just that it's that general idea, I guess. Of I've of never of- never seen that sort of idea before, so I thought. But you know, I think this that was makes new and new and improved. But it turns out it's not. No, no, and that, I wasn't trying to put it down at all. I was just trying to make that comparison and bringing in that perhaps it's not just, okay, you get, you know, you get your whatever upgrades you've got up to and you restart with those upgrades, but maybe you're essentially sacrificing yourself in some way to then get some extra stuff as, as part of that sacrifice, right? Yeah. So you get okay. your upgrades, but you're also, you're, you're, you're leveling yourself up in some way. Like the, that almost that reset is a level up in itself. Yeah. Um, Okay, I'm seeing pressing and dead. Uh, mm-hmm. Pressing is the time for being pressure, a time but- limit, yeah. a time pressure. Um, and the reason why you are wanting to reset is so that you can get through these early levels a little bit quicker, so that you can um, you've got more time to defeat mm. those those later levels. Um, because yeah. any time that you reset, you're actually resetting the the count back to zero. And kind of like in Binding of Isaac, how if you get to a certain point by a certain time, you know, you get a, a special thing. Well, in this case, if you don't get to a certain point by a certain time, the the whole thing is over. Mm. So, it's kind of like a Groundhog Day that you can hit a button and you're back back to the start of maybe the same dungeon. So, do you think then, though, so is this a balance between resetting before- it collapses essentially. Like if if you die because you've run out of time, do you st- do you get the same benefit as if you'd reset? No, no that's, I, that's I, what I, I think. Was it, I think too. if you die, you die. The whole right. the whole thing is that you're you're choosing to to you know get into this mental sort of state of you know I'm going to ch- um, move my move my consciousness into this other yeah know, back so to the start. I was, was going to say then is. I want to bring this in narratively then. I don't think- I don't want to make it just a mechanic. I want there to be some sort of reason for both the time limit and this ability to to reset yourself back and remember what's happened. It's quantum leap um, in the fact that you're jumping into a new person, but you've got abilities (laughs) that you can- you can access, or or the items come come with you as you jump realities. Well, is this um, the, is this a situation where? Yeah, I mean, I think it has to be essentially a different dimension. Yeah, not just different going dimension. Back in, like it's not oh, no. going back in you, time because you find out that every time that you've done it, basically all the all these worlds have got all these dead bodies of you that no longer have your soul in them, and you've you've then inhabited this other this other being and displaced the soul of that one mm-hmm. and the final boss of the game is all the souls that you've displaced throughout the game coming in to basically is there an antagonist is this a saw like situation where you found yourself in, in the fir- like in this 
in this maze of horrors created by this mad genius killer person. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the time limit is is essentially just like you will be murdered. Uh, that gas gets released and you and you yeah you die <laughs> sort of thing. Um, and so what you're essentially doing is you know obviously you're still you're improving your skills, but you're also learning the layouts and and different things as you play through so that, yes, you can get through those early levels very quickly. And then we can have some fun stuff where this killer, like, reacts to that. Like, how the, how the fuck did you know how to get through that so quickly? Like, because for, from their perspective, they've just- This is the first time it's ever happened to you. Um, mm. I'm not sure what it is that you that we put in place for why you can do that. So, I can't- I'm- Torn between two different things of, yes, you change dimensions. Um, do you actually change into the same dungeon or the same layout of the dungeon? Or is it just every time you hit reset, it's a brand new um, version yeah. of where Look, you- Look, uh, fr- from the roguelike perspective, it probably makes sense to have it as a brand new thing. So, it's so it's maybe more about you might learn how to solve a particular room- but the layout of the dungeon is different, um, you know, or just- And you're just more powerful because you've yeah. got, you know, you've got, you know, the hammer, the magic hammer, the um, the the <laughs> secret screwdriver that, you know, turns into a walkie-talkie as well. And, you know, all the other mundane things that you can you can find that happen to be super secret as well. Well, yeah, I, yeah, I guess it comes down to the theming and, and how the- what the actual gameplay ends up being- um, I mean, you can go a bit wacky with it. I was sort of, I was almost picturing a Binding of Isaac style, just twin stick kind of deal. But it's more that the theme of it is these like obscene traps and. I, I, I think rather than a Binding of Isaac twin stick shooter vibe, I'm thinking it's one of those games where it's, uh, like the mouse, the mouse driven shooter. You know where you're moving around and you're and you're able to sort of click where you want, and because the mouse is is on that posi- particular position, mm. it will it will auto aim towards wherever the the mouse is. So it kind of feels a little mm. bit different from a twin stick. It's actually right, more right, of a right. like keyboard a mouse hotline Miami sort of. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That works too. Yeah. Uh, just just because I, I like that idea of I've been able to strafe around, but you've just got to track where that yeah. where that thing I mean, is tw- rather than trying to do it with twin with a sticks, twin with can- a twin stick. You're generally going more towards an always firing kind of vibe, where because you you generally will be. F- well, I mean, yes and no. I'm, you could do it with twin stick where you just the right stick is aiming and you still have to yeah. fire like an into the gungeon or something. But uh, yeah, either way, yeah, I. I- Kind of like that idea. Just that seems to work myself. Like when when I'm thinking about it, yes, I like it a little bit, a little bit nicer. Uh, I'm thinking your character's a little bit smaller on the screen than the Binding of Isaac. That you mm-hmm. you've got a little bit more room, like within. I mean, each maybe of these a rooms. bit more like the like into the dungeon sort of situation. Yeah. That your character is quite a bit smaller, and therefore the rooms feel quite a lot larger. Mm-hmm. Um, Okay, what what are the sort of I'm picturing lots of lots and lots of levels in this thing. Where do you sort of start? Do you do you sort of start in in like 
a warehouse and you've got to make your way through the warehouse and the offices that are that are connected to that. Yeah, well, I, I'm, I mean, I think if we're going with the sort of jigsaw villain-esque thing, then he's essentially set up this, this dungeon of horrors to put people through. Um, and maybe you can come across other people who are halfway, like, who are stuck in there. They didn't die, but they, you know, they were one of the earlier ones or something, and that can just be part of the the hmm. procedurally generated stuff. You know, they might give you um, give you things, or you can trade with them or something, um, or just kill them and take their shit. I don't know, you know, however you want to play. I do like that typical thing of, of the Binding of Isaac, that you do have, like, on each- in each level, you do have a, a treasure that you can mm. that you get, or an item that you get, no matter what. And you you find your way to a boss room, sort of thing. And that's yeah. like it seems to work well. That ho- that whole idea. Yeah, look, and- I think we we can just take the jigsaw thing as a general theme. It can it can be pretty dungeony, mm. um, otherwise. And it's just you know you've got a lot of spike walls and and pits and you know, mechanical things that will, like, you know, you hit a trigger and it'll swing out and try to attack you or whatever, yeah. <laughs> Super uh, squish and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. And then oh, maybe- that, maybe that room in the walls, the walls start closing in and it, it's like, you know, if you get into one of those rooms and you didn't you didn't put the stop thing in nice and quick, you're, it's going to eat up a lot of your time. Mm. Yeah. And, and I think what you actually have is- in each room, effectively, there's there's the um, the seven segment display esque clock, mm-hmm. but there's, that's also up in the corner, so you can continually see the 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 numbers counting down and all this sort of stuff, and Do saying you how long to, you got left. I think I think that you can't just reset wherever you are because that would make it, especially if you know how long is left, that would make it way too easy to just like wait for the last ten seconds to get the. F- like you want, I think you want a bit more risk involved. So I okay, think, so I the, think there are only certain rooms. Room. Yeah, I think there are certain no. rooms. I think you can do. I think you can reset any time that you want, but there are only certain rooms that the clock is actually visible. Okay. Yeah. So all right, you 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 can do you press on a little bit further? Has has your internal clock? I think the reset process also takes like ten seconds. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Because then you can't necessarily it's, it's a do it if you're being attacked. You can't, you know. So it's you a ritual still- that you that you yeah. that you're doing. Yeah, I was wondering. I was thinking actually, maybe you learn this the first time through because there's literally like the spirit of previous victims who are like, you know, he can't keep doing this. We're going to kind of give think you our power to. I think it's kind of like dead cells in the fact that the first time that you go through or the first time that you die, you end up back in in this area, and mm. there's a person in the first room that says. Oh, you could. I'm going to teach you a ritual that you can return back to here anytime that you, anytime that you like. Yeah. It does take time to do, but you can do it anytime that you're not in danger or yep. anytime that you're not in combat. And you'll, you'll remember, you know, you'll remember all your skills and you'll, yeah. Yeah. But, it, but if you, if you are killed, um, you will come back here like know, a newborn babe, like a newborn babe with no, no mystical skill, skills. Yeah. Just how it works. Yeah, I, like I kind of like that idea. Oh, it's, That's it's, cool. It's kind of fun, and it's not. It's not the typical thing of, you know, it's not ne- necessarily a, a a big shooter sort of thing. Like, there's still going to be some some shooting going around, but it's also somewhat puzzly. Yeah, that you may have to, you know, um, 
drag and put a couch in a certain way so the so the room can't squish. And- <laughs> yeah, I think you make it a little bit slower paced, and oh, you can you can flip a, a fridge, and the fridge is a lot more lot more stronger than a than a couch. <laughs> um, is that a callback to our other game? Yes, uh, it is. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think it's a bit. I'm picturing it sort of dark and gloomy with some mm. line of sight kind of lighting and stuff. Or maybe- uh, like, Ray tracing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Or maybe even some light-based mechanics. Global illumination. Where yep. you can where you can carry light sources around because it's- mm. You need to be able to see the traps and stuff, right? It's dangerous if you can't have a way to, you know, to, to see things. Um, um, you, can, you can find an item of a flashlight. Mm-hmm. But that item of a flashlight requires, you know, batteries to to keep it charged. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's um, cool. You you can you can get the custom peripheral that is kind of like a shaker weight that you can, <laughs> you know, <laughs> shake up and down, and, and that recharges the batteries. But um, we'll see. We just need to release it on on uh, the switch or something you just have to shake the whole damn thing well you play <laughs> you're playing handheld mode and you're shaking yeah. i mean you throw it. some games make you do that stupid uh all right <laughs> three two and click i fucking love that game i i, I want to play that game then make it I, I like i like messing with roguelike kind of gameplay Mechanics, stuff and, yeah. and, and just thinking of some different ways you can you can do that asking trail Endless obstruct. Okay. So it's a roguelike. <laughs> <laughs> it's an endless roguelike. <laughs> well, it's an endless. It's an endless runner. Maybe you're not running. But Set it's- on the Oregon Trail. <laughs> not the Oregon Trail. Because uh, nature trail. Then. <laughs> yeah, I think it is set on a trail. I think it's set on a. Could this be a? <laughs> could this be a social endless runner? Where you're walk, you're just walking a you're on a walking English. trail. Yep. But instead of like having to dodge things, it's about uh, doing knowing like- when to give way because you're on the on the on the preci- like a precipice on the side of a mountain, and this is the only rest stop that you can see for a little while, and someone's coming towards you. So you've got to wait well, until I, they pass, and then quickly one, go. That could be one of the things. It, or I, I was more thinking, it's like you have to respond with the correct social cues as you pass people who are coming towards you. <laughs> and what happens if you don't? They push you off the mountain. <laughs> You're shamed forever and you can no longer walk this trail. You're automatically doxxed. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> they, they text everyone your address and say, this is the person who, when you nodded, they just put their headphones back in. <laughs> they were AFK and using an idle clicker. <laughs> All right, no, I don't think we do that because that's that's no. not going anywhere. Um, it was fun while it lasted. So obstruct. What was yours? En- endless. Endless obstruct. Okay. Could this be? Could the trail be like a pheromone trail of some kind? Or could it be a trail of a killer? You're you're trailing a serial killer, finding yes. clues, asking for asking questions, asking questions. People who are obstructing justice. If you basically, unlike a lot of games where it, where it requires 
you know, um, if, if you take forever, there's certain points in the game where this, this serial killer is going to, um, kill someone else. If you don't catch them, mm-hmm. it's endless. Like there are bodies just piling <laughs> up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. That, that's cool. Uh, I kind of like that because there's, there's a fun sort of, a fun sort of sharing situation there of like, Oh yeah, like I play. I was playing this game, and seventy-three people were killed before I managed to catch this guy. I need to do better. The um, crazy thing is, I had to go and and I had so many fingerprints by the end that I had so many suspects that mm. it took forever to like thirteen people died while I was waiting for the results to come back from Aphis or whatever it is. <laughs> well, okay, so to keep this relatively. Simple to not like turn it out into a huge investigation adventure sort of thing because I, I want to focus more on yes, like this clue solving and asking questions. I'm almost picturing a little bit of a where in the world is come in San Diego sort of thing. <laughs> I was thinking the exact same thing, okay, <laughs> where you're essentially you will have these interviews with people and we procedurally generate. What has happened? Um, where is get- it actually pretty much the exact same story as where in the world comes San Diego? San Diego, in the fact that you're working for Interpol and you're <clears throat> you're trailing the serial killer from country to country. No, and you're I an- think- and you're answering answering geography questions and basically to to find out where they've gone next, you have to know. I don't think it's I don't think it's full on just come <laughs> it's San an Diego, but she's game. a serial killer. It's an educational game. <laughs> as fun as that could be. No, no, no. I, I think the general idea of- So, I think I think you are not even a police officer. I think you are a true crime aficionado. So, a true crime podcaster. A yeah. true crime podcast aficionado. Or, yes, a true crime podcaster, actually. That could be interesting. <laughs> They're just a podcast aficionado. They've got no stake in this whatsoever. They're not producing anything. They're just wanting to get get to the beat to send an yeah. email to to you know my favorite murder or something or whatever. I don't know. There are other ones that are. But okay, no, I think I, I like that you're a true crime podcaster. You're trying to solve this 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 murder, these murders. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of trailing the police as well. Yeah, you're following up, and you're get you're getting maybe police reports through back channels. Um, you're like intercepting fucking nine one one calls, mm-hmm. but then you're following up, and you're going and asking these uh, either suspects or, or witnesses questions as well, and that's giving you clues as to who to talk to next or where to go to next. Yep, maybe maybe we create a fictional city so that as you play through, you start to get a sense for the places that Mm -hmm. are available, the places that are there, so that the clues can make a bit of sense the more you play. Is it a European sort of- Yeah, or maybe maybe even more than than a city, maybe like different townships and and one one or two big cities or whatever, right? Like, so it's it's an area of, yeah, a country- uh, that's fictional, but is static from from run to run, essentially from game to game. Yep. Uh, but yeah, the we, murders could start anywhere. They could start anywhere. This- 
and we essentially procedurally generate, you know, maybe even down to the serial killer's place of work, their MO, you know, what drives them so that we can, yeah, you, if you wait too long, you'll find something else that fits the pattern and there's been another another death, um, another murder. And when you when you go to hard mode, you don't you, you actually don't know what what mode you're on. Whether you're on easy, medium, or hard. On hard, there's actually a group of serial killers that are actually all working <laughs> together, and you just don't realize it. Um, and I, I like the idea of it. Just randomly chooses. You know, is it a single serial killer? Yeah. Does he have do a partner? Is it female? Is it you know? And you can have different. Yeah, I think there's a lot of different options we could put in there. I like the idea that. One of your, because I'm sort of picturing this as round based almost, like you've got action points in a way. It's like, okay, today there are X number of things you can do. You could travel to here, interview the, the, the witness you know is there, and maybe like do some research at the light, you know, on the newspaper you know, or whatever on your, on your crazy serial killer board. Um, but that's it. Like, that's all you've got because you traveled that day. And so you have to really be thinking about that because another, because another murder could happen in that time. So I think uh, what you spend time on is very important. But I think one of the things you can do is record and release a podcast episode with your findings. Mm. And you might even, like, I think one of the things you that play into that is like, okay, if you release regularly, You'll start. You'll get more listeners because, like, they like a regular release schedule. But if, like, within a week you haven't actually found out very much more information, you're losing that's, listeners. That's actually not good. So it's like, should you wait a day or two before you put out a new episode because you'll have more info? Like, that and if you balance. keep a regular release schedule, then you can sort of like, you know, find out a few bits of information, combine them together into one episode and release that on the Wednesday. It's exactly, yeah. And I think the benefit then is that the more listeners to your podcast you have, you might get tips Intel as well. coming in. Yes. You'll get- um, I, got this, I got this vision as you're traveling to, the, to different places of that thing of if you're close to something, you may notice in, in one of the backgrounds, kind of, I, lo- I love the idea of the, of the Carmen San Diego where you see a background. You actually see someone walking by that you may have seen previously. And mm. it's almost like a, a visual clue that if you've been paying attention and you happen to click on that person as they, as they come through, you can maybe make that connection of, mm-hmm. hang on, I remember seeing that person previously. Like, your your morning thing is, I think sometimes you can, uh, when when you come into town, you may be able to like take a local reporter out for a coffee or something like that to get get the inside scoop. Yep. Or um, you know, go down to the police police station to to talk about these things. But there's just little visual visual clues, kind of like the old as you're as you're hot on the trail, you know, you see that the the, the little robber or- guy henchman yep. or something like that. Um, just bringing some of that, but not quite. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You don't want to be entirely giving it away, but I do like that positive. It re- actually really makes me want to play um, <laughs> Carmen San Diego again because I used to love playing Carmen San Diego. Yeah. And there was definitely a little, uh, like, boost of, of adrenaline when you'd get the when right answer. You'd the end up in a trail. place and you'd get the, like, do 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 or whatever come up. Yeah, for sure. I never caught Carmen. 
Really? I think I did. Maybe with- Maybe not by myself. I remember playing it at school in groups and we yeah. have like freaking like encyclopedias with, with country flags. And if, if we had more time, I would love to, once this whole Twitter ban thing is, you know, day off Twitter or whatever is over, I would love to just have you and I, maybe some other friends all jump on and we do a stream of we're going to play where in the world is Carmen San Diego and we're just going to. That'd be a good stream. That'd be a good stream. That'd be a fun stream. Like yeah. a few drinks every every time she gets away shot. Oh, drinking game. Yeah. Drinking game on Twitch. You know, that'd be good. She'd organize that. Yeah. Totally. God damn. Like, <laughs> like I, I know I know what I want to do next year for um for PAX now. I I want to put this forward at PAX that <laughs> Yeah. You know, it's Well, we we should put it forward as an online panel <laughs> for this year. <laughs> Uh, I think I think the the panel's of already sort of closed. Well, we could just set it up as an event, an, a, a PAX adjacent event. Uh, that's pretty fun. Uh, where, in the, where in the world is drunken San Diego? <laughs> <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. All right, is that the name of this episode? It may be. I don't know. Three, but it's <laughs> the button for this game. So three, two, one, click. Smashed Universal. Bloody crown. Bloody crown. Oh, that's evocative. It is. Of a Aussie who's pissed off at the pokies. <laughs> Bloody crown. Either, either that or they're pissed off at their, like, you know, the- The, the beer. The car that is like the crown. Oh, the car. Um, There's a lot yeah. of things named crown. Yeah. Um. Oh, Crown Lager. Oh, that's that's not one of my favourites. I'm as I'm watching you drink a beer. What are you drinking? A Furphy? Furphy. 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 It's usually the cheapest at the moment. Um, because I'm I haven't not had a beer for console. a long time. I want a beer. Can can we get together and have a beer? Oh, that's right. We're in lockdown. So guess what? This episode, this particular game, is going to be locked down because I just remembered that we're in lockdown right now. You can't so have a beer together. Yeah. This this is our this is our Gladys has just said that this game has to be locked down. So mm-hmm. we've had an outbreak. Had an outbreak, and we've just been locked down. <clears throat> All right. So smashed universal evokes, evokes mm. you know a, a Smash Brothers sort of thing, but. I kind of like the idea of smashed and bloody crown, you know. Well, bloody this- crown makes me think of a like dead monarch of some sort as well, yep. or a war, you know, some sort of some sort of war situation. Universal did bring me to the Universal monsters, though. <laughs> See, it it brought me to like this is a king in another galaxy sort of thing, and okay. You know, they they actually lock they lock down because the the king has um has been assassinated on this ship. Okay. Okay. All right. So we're on some sort of starship. Yep. And you have been you have been uh are, are you a fugitive confined to your quarters. Okay. Have you been falsely accused, a la the fugitive? You're you're played by Harrison Ford. Mm-hmm. Um, sort of playing like a cross between um, Decker from uh, Blade, Runner Blade Runner and and Han Solo and Han Solo. Oh, and, Han Solo. Oh, and, 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 oh, and um, fugitive right. role, the fugitive character. Yes. Um, and you've, just and you've got space, like so. you've got the you've got the security person 
who who basically is saying that you're the one who did it and now you're sort of trying to trying to work out who actually killed the monarch while escaping like the security droids and all that sort of stuff so you're going through like air vents and stuff like that to Oh to get- no see I think I think because we're locking this down so I think this takes place entirely in your quarters now what we'll go rem- through your idea rem- and then we'll go through my idea what and that we'll- reminded me of though was is this set in the Star Trek universe like are you on a federation ship they've got no king so but they don't have a king but they the other species and and so, civilizations see, now might now have I a want king. Jeffrey's tubes if you if you say Star Trek <laughs> I want Jeffrey's tubes I want I want I want to be able to leave my quarters well my point was though that I was thinking that this could be. We're VR. going to give you a Star Trek game, but you're going to be stuck inside your little quarters. Yes, and we're going to turn off the. Um, we're going to turn off the the um, replicators, so you can't actually get any food or anything like that. No, that's the thing. We. This is a detailed representation of the quarters. What lockdown on, would be like <laughs> on a Federation starship, and so you, you are trying to solve this this murder. Through talking to the security the officer that's posted outside the computer, people on your comms, um, and yes, you are able to use the replicator f- for food because Star Trek people will geek out over that. Um, you can use the computers. You've got your little beepy boopy interface, and you can be doing research. Mm-hmm. I feel like this could actually happen in a Star Trek episode because that's the sort of like higher level, you know, it doesn't have to be all action based. It's a bit more cognitive. Mm hmm. Okay. That's your idea. My idea is. <laughs> you're not even going to explore it anymore. No. Right, no go we, 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 okay. We, you're going to pitch it. You're going to pitch it. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to pitch on. both and go then on. we'll, then we'll take. Like a majority rule. <laughs> a majority rule from the two of us. Right. Um, okay. So, the game is the the ki- the visiting king mm-hmm. has been murdered and you've been framed as the, like, yes. the security chief is saying that you are the, you are the one who- The assassin. Who has, who has killed. You have to investigate and clear your name. Yeah. On this starship. Yeah. By traveling through ducks and all this sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. But obviously you've, you've got the security people going after you. So if you sneak into the security office to, to look at the footage on the computer and then they notice that you're actually in there, you know, you've got a, um, you don't know how, how long you've got until they, until they come and get you. So you're on a sort of time limit to, to hack into their into their system and then exit without them noticing where you are. Um, the idea being that, you know, a la a, a roguelike or, or an adventure game sort of thing that, you know, you can be caught at any time. That's fine. That just feels a bit like plain old stealthy action game to me. Oh, well, um, yours feels like plain old <laughs> Star Trek episode, uh, bottle episode where they didn't have the budget to- <laughs> Yeah, but that's fine. That hasn't been done before in a game. Um, well, I think we're at an impasse. I don't know that that's ever happened before. 
So now we come up with a with a with a third a game idea. To, a third idea together. All right. Uh, one line at a time. You, you one sentence at a time. One sentence at a time. Uh, and we're still doing the lockdown. Still lockdown. So you, one of us is going to come up with a reason why it's a lockdown. You may go first, my good sir. Dracula <laughs> realized that the woman he had just dr- drained had been completely smashed. Ooh. He he wasn't quite 100% sure whether to turn her or not. His judgment was definitely impaired by the uh, incredibly high blood alcohol level that he just consumed. Mm-hmm. It was then that he noticed a crown on her bedside table. Oh, shit. It was the visiting princess from Spudovia that he had drained, and uh, she was sure to be noticed if she, if she died in his mm-hmm. quarters. Um, so, he quickly makes a nick, shove, shoves the- shoves his, you know- Blood straight into straight into a gob to turn her into a vampire, so that he can at least get away with it for a little bit longer. I think that's a good start. Let's go from there. Mm-hmm. So Dracula has turned a princess, <laughs> um, and is this now about the the relationship between them as time goes on, or are we- the the lockdown makes it difficult. Are we- if, is this about the first 12 hours they spend together um, after she wakes up? Oh, look, Gladys has just released the <laughs> lockdown. <laughs> for no reason. Like, for no reason. Like, the cases just went up to uh, over a thousand a day, but we're no longer locked down. It's, it's amazing, that. Um, All right. It just seems to be the rules today that they just get thrown out the fucking window. Um, okay. Does Dracula now have control over, like, this particular town? And it's it's all about kind of Crusader Kingsy that, oh. um, you know, it's now, okay, he's got his, um, his plant inside of, inside of that monarchy and now he can- you know, sort of go off and. Okay, that's interesting. I was I was going to go more more relationship based between those two characters, but that's an interesting idea that we started more as a world domination on behalf of the vampires. Yeah, <laughs> where Dracula but, but it's an had- accident. Like he's just now capitalizing yeah. Yeah, yeah, on yeah, his yeah. accident. <laughs> but but yes, that essentially. Oh, you have now managed to infiltrate a highly influential, like, position within a particular area. And so, is it- Yeah, is it about, like, passing laws and, like, attacking other things so that you can turn more people and eventually just have vampires take over the world? Yeah, it's turning that, but also not being caught. So, Mm. you need to kind of- You need to spend a little bit of of time teaching your new- um, you know, sires that they can't just go around eating peasants willy nilly. Um, yeah. and you don't want to turn too many of them. Like, okay. So is this a strategy game then in that Crusader Kings ish way? I think so. 
I, I don't yeah. like strategy games. You know that. Sort of thing. But, yeah, no, I, I know you don't. We don't often do this. But, but I think there's. But when we're talking there. vampires, I like it. Yeah. Because as vampires, and you can show the gruesome thing of, you know, Dracula biting into. Yeah, some well, dude's I'm, neck. I'm liking this idea <laughs> of. You're, you're essentially almost setting policies for an area of like, don't turn more than one person every month because, like, we don't have the resources to teach them that they shouldn't just be turning more and more people or that they shouldn't be seen or whatever. So, you you could end up with these situations where, oh, if you let them turn too many people, like, suddenly the vampire population is out of control, you run out of food- and now your only option is to is to invade other places or you can you know if you do it better you can you can kind of make it a sustainable area before you and then be able to build your resources before maybe you, you before you then do a more secretive like invasion yeah. onto the nearby maybe you could work with the um with the accidental princess you know who's now the princess of vampires yeah. um you can actually turn the rest of her sort of family, and you've got like the monarchy of of vampires. Then that you now have sort of control, and they're they're you know herding herding the cattle, as it were, <laughs> and and ruling the cattle. Yeah, I, I think I think there's just various risks that come into play with yeah, like if you try to turn any any high ranking person, then you know you run a higher risk of being found out. Um, Oh, I'm now, I'm now, you know, expecting there to be, you know, the the prince from across across the the sea that comes and and visits and you know is is, um, effectively you know the consort to the queen or whatever, mm-hmm. um, and she turns him, and mm. like well, and now, now you've you- got your mole in, yeah, in that country, and you know, do you want to bring those two families together and then. You know, you invite them, invite them to the wedding, and then part of the wedding feast. You know, you turn, you turn uh, his mum, and you, you know, or if you plan it of- well enough, and you have the resources, it just becomes a, a full-on red wedding situation, and you turn everyone, bec- and manage to not, you know, uh, have any witnesses left, and uh, now you've you've had a huge coup against that particular country and their you know ruling ruling class yeah 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 that's cool i like the idea of a semi-traditional kind of world domination kind of game like that but yes adding in that twist of you've got this undercurrent of your vampire population that's growing and and the the different things you have to invest in Mm. uh to keep that under control yeah, I mean, you've you've got to make sure that you know the the garlic fields are really well down, <laughs> and have no money going into religion at all. Um, you know, it's sort of like tank religion uh, instantly. Um, yeah, but you have to do that without having without un- raising un- suspicion. Well, without raising suspicion, and without having then like mobs of of you know people who don't have anything to believe in anymore because they're all peasants. Mm. Uh, oh, and, and cover up you. all those mirrors. You don't want to let on that you <laughs> you can't be seen in a mirror. Yeah. Like- yeah. I think you get- I think, like, a lot of those games, you get, like, little decisions that come up, which is a much more personal sort of sort of situation of, you know, within your 
within your your castle or something of you know someone <laughs> someone has come to you selling mirrors do you you know a kill them to b turn them to to go and sell mirrors to your you know <laughs> to your enemies who because it could be that like there are opposing forces of vampires as well within the enemy um, yeah i mean every 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 vampire has their van helsing like yeah, well, that's it as well. Well, and I like the idea that you know, in the way that Crusader Kings, and I mean, I haven't played a lot of it, but from what I'm, I'm aware of, is very flexible in the way that games can go. I think you can you can just become an all out vampire like uh, society essentially, mm-hmm. and it may be that everyone around you knows that. And you're hurt, you're hurting the cattle. Like if you've done it well enough, they're into too blood scared, farms. They're too scared <laughs> to attack you, and you just like you just push push the borders even further and take more of their land and more of their people, and they can't do anything about it. Until yes, perhaps there's you know a family of Van Helsing's who starts pushing back and starts raising you know and training people in a in a particular country. It's like oh shit, I'm not going to be able to, we're not going to be able to push through that country in the way that we have with with the others. Yeah, I like I like the idea of there being like a chosen one every now and again that you come up against, and <laughs> yeah. it's just you know it's a it's a vampire slayer. It's a slayer, yeah. If, if you if you every generation <laughs> until it's until they're killed, and then you know then another one pops up in in a place Somewhere, that you may have already yeah. thought. Yeah, this um, is actually really cool. I love. Uh, do we I love then, the systems based do we then do we bring in any other monster types or is this purely just vampires and people I think it's just purely vampires and people like yeah universal monsters and I, I know <laughs> that's where you got Dracula that's from where the but idea came just, from um I'm but like the- where did you get oh universal yeah <laughs> Um, but I do like if you're, I do if you're like- on the, if you're on the coast then you've got to watch out for those swamp things <laughs> <laughs> Um, but no, I, I like the idea of, you know, this crazy, creepy sort of story that- Yeah. Yeah, I like that. It's a, there's a bit of Vampire the Masquerade in there, you know, with with just sort of modern-ish vampires and or vampires in high society and that sort of thing, different factions and stuff. Um, but yeah, no, I, I like that. I, I like- I think there's a lot of depth you could add to- uh, yeah, like I said, a, a sort of classic world domination sort of game. Um, and I actually like the way that we got into that. We we did like a sentence, sentence at a time story that we came up with an idea for a game that we never would have come up with before. That was so good. It worked. Maybe maybe that sometime that maybe sometimes we'll start using that. Yeah, maybe. And and hey, we resolved our issues amicably. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Three, two, one, click. Still think of Star Trek. Game. Controversial <laughs> maker. Improving tour. Hmm. Controversial. <laughs> My mind's going to Willy Wonka because he's a maker and he gave tours. Hmm. We have done a lot of Willy Wonka games, though. <laughs> Mr. Maker. <laughs> Mr. Maker. That's, that's what's in my head right now. <laughs> the, <laughs> any parents the controversial will know. Mr. Maker. <laughs> any parents will know. Um, I do kind of like the idea of it being something around, like, a factory tour, though, of a, you know, controversial 
you know, build a inventor or something. Um, could mm-hmm. be interesting. Okay. Uh, I think we stay away from satisfactory. Yeah. No, I, I wonder if this is a more narrative thing or adventurous sort of thing. Okay, so we co- we come into this factory, and while we're in here, oh no, Gladys has announced that we're we're back in <laughs> lockdown, and we're locked down into this factory. Okay, yeah, it all takes place in this factory of this yep. of this wacky inventor. Yep, I mean we we can actually just go Willy Wonka, but. Uh, in no, this, in I this think world, let's take it different. I think well, what I was going to say, what happens in the first room is Willy Wonka gets killed. <laughs> he's dead. Like <laughs> he, he's actually the one who fell into the chocolate river, and now, like, all right, okay, you saw it's, me. It's on either that. that. It's either that, or the Oompa Loompas pushed him in there because he, he was being. Um, they unionized finally. They unionized, and he's actually being. Like, you know, doing really them. bad shit yeah. to them, like insulting them, and and you know, it's very controversial. Like, I think we, I think we don't bring the umpalumpas in that early. Okay, so I like this is <laughs> this is American McGee's Willy Wonka. <laughs> okay, yep, yep. In the it sense is that twisted, it's a bit twisted. And I mean, I know Tim Burton already did a movie of Willy Wonka where he he's got that same sort of vibe. But from the game point of view, it's a bit darker. It's a bit twisted. Um, I like the idea that instead of you know all the all the golden tickets going to kids, it all went to like older like you know okay the nerds of the world sort of thing. Like they're the ones that happen to have the money to elder millennials like us. elder millennials like. There's like one kid who who got the first ticket, and then everyone else is like in their thirties and forties because they're the ones that were. Like, there's one kid there. There's one kid, and just a bunch of like nerdy adults who have never grown up because the world hasn't let them. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> well, I'm also wondering. I, See, could it- I mean, I. I immediately think of the kid as Angus McDonald from The Adventure Zone. So I'm sort of thinking they're the brainy one who Right. Well I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to get the vibe here because I'm always wondering then whether we have the kid there or not, are they is this a situation where there there's like a fandom around Willy Wonka and so like bronies or any adults, you know, any time where adults end up getting more into a what is essentially a kid's thing than the kids do. That there's sort of that sort of vibe. Like, actually, these golden tickets were intended for kids. But, yes, like you said, they didn't actually have the resources. Like, the, the, the people who actually have disposable income because they're 36 and just love Wonka mm-hmm. as, like, their whole identity- in a disturbing to a disturbing extent, we're able to buy thousands of chocolate bars and find the the tickets. Yeah, um, and so I, I imagine that they they get into this, you know, it's sort of like the typical thing that they go into this factory and you know it's it's a beautiful sort of Oh, I think you have the whole whimsical introduction. A whole whimsical introduction. Yeah. Um when you're in there Wonka it becomes is a little bit like 
uncertain because he was expecting kids, but he rolls with it. He rolls with it. He gets inside. He he opens the door, and it's like, look at the in this world of your realization. And um, then one of the umpalumpas just shoves him into into the um into the no, chocolate. I, I, I want I want to keep that. I want to keep that till later because I reckon it may be that that happened, but I don't think you see it happen. You all you see is. I, f- I feel like he's like at the top of the waterfall singing. Um, yep. But then, yes, he tumbles in and okay. disappears. And, or, or do you okay. see, or is it a hot he, water? Is it because it's melted chocolate? He, he tumbles down. You see the rock that he hits his head on and there's blood <laughs> splattered everywhere. Yeah. And then, like, there's. Is like, that strawberry just- jam, sir? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Angus. Um, okay. What sort of what sort of gameplay do we have in there? I'm kind of thinking a Super Mario slash Banjo Kazooie um, platformer. Oh, really? Okay, I was going more because that that's very American American McGee's like Alice, like Alice. Yeah, but that wasn't a good game though. Uh, particularly, I feel like the platforming. Was, uh, I, I think maybe it's. I don't know. Or would you was, rather Telltale esque? Yeah, I was picturing a bit more Telltale esque, or like, okay. uh, yeah, like Quantic Dream ish, perhaps. Um, um, not so much a third person, but but like a a different scenes, and you can sort of uh, not necessarily tank control it around, but almost a Grim Fandango yeah. sort of walking around. Yeah, almost just a three D fixed camera kind of adventure game sort of deal. Like a bit of a um, longest journey or something. Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, wow. I haven't thought of that, about that game for a while. Yeah. Um, this is actually really cool. I'm, I'm liking this idea. Okay. So, your idea is to, you know, you've, you first come into this place and you're exploring around. And then after, after you've been in here and you, you're listening to the song and you see him up there and it's like, oh, that's- that's really nice, and he falls off the off the thing and hits his head. He and falls. That's when- the music cuts out as his head hits a rock, and then he splashes into the the river and doesn't reemerge. And then you then you see and like the people pipe, scream, like and- oh, God. Re- just a, a, a red streak up the pipe, <laughs> a red streak up the pipe. Uh, oh my God! Yep, um, everyone's <laughs> screaming. Someone throws up uh, into, you know, the mushroom that they'd been eating out of. Mm-hmm. And then essentially the gameplay starts and you're you're kind of talking to people, you're investigating, you're looking at the rock, you see that there's blood, you and, and you're trying to find out where to go next because the doors are the doors are being locked and yep. effectively you're locked down in this thing. The only way to go is to go forward. The like, only way to go is to go f- forward further into the uh, factory. And I think yep. in this first scene, you end up- You have to find out how to call that boat. Yeah. Um, and I think I think it's literally- There is a button that you can you can find through through something that- Like, you can basically lift lift one of the tops of the mushrooms and there's a button. <laughs> and yep. that's that's how to call the, call the boat. But- to find that out, you have to actually, you know, corner corner the one of the Oompa Loompas and they say, oh, there's a button. And, like, 
over there. And well, again, but every I, time you go to get near, yeah. they um they run away, sort of thing. So you got to try and coast them out. And well, something and- like that. Yeah, look, I I think I want the Impalumpas to be kind of shadowy creatures to begin with, where you don't really get a good look at them till later, because I want there to be a bit of a reveal when you finally see what the Impalumpas look like. Okay, because um, they're, they're they're not your they're not your grandfather's umpalumpas. They're not they're- your grandfather's <laughs> <laughs> These are these are creatures. These are like they're not creepy. Kind they, of are, things. they are. Yeah, they are. Oh, okay. Explain sort of what what you're thinking of because I'm thinking, you know, sort of the same sort of size that they were in. In you know the the in, maybe the, the Tim Burton's one, but yeah, yeah, they're look, not human like. They're definitely small. I'm I'm picturing more g- goblin gremlin-y kind of vibes from them. Uh, I'm picturing sharper, like more jagged kind of look to the to them. I I think their limbs are incredibly thin and spindly. Yeah, yeah I was kind of getting that sort of vibe. Yeah, um, but. They can't stand up because they just don't have the muscle muscle structure. So their legs are incredibly long, but they're actually <laughs> they're walking know, they're on still- their knees. <laughs> well, no, they're they're walking with like very very long legs that come back on each other, but they can't stand up. <laughs> if they stood up, they'd be about the same right. same height, but they're kind of walking down really low. But they're spindly arms, and they're like, yeah, <laughs> that's really bizarre and um- and so off putting. <laughs> so their knees just like come out like half a meter in front of them, basically. Yeah, okay. uh, or behind them. Or oh, oh, yes, oh. backwards knees. They just yeah. that just no. Yeah, it's got to be a back- backwards knees. Got to be backwards knees. Okay, and then I think you do. Yeah, you eventually like finally sort of get the gain the trust of the Oompa Loompas, or like get to meet them, and you find out about their. Society and that yes, Wonka was was totally exploiting them, and they finally used this opportunity. Uh, he hadn't been up on that um on that you know waterfall for years, and well, I think yeah, I think he's just been you know I think he doesn't even come out. He's a he's a recluse, and you know which he was anyway. He's kind of he's been running the factory from his office for the last you know ten years. Um, okay, what other sort of rooms are you going through that you got to sort of solve the mystery inside these things? I think that yes, the first room that is one hundred percent like from from the story. Yeah. Every room from here on out is something new that we haven't seen before. Yeah, that, I you're not going to the nut sorting room or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, you're, yeah, no, no, no. Because all the got, TV room, because we don't have the same kids, we don't have the, there's no. there's not the same lessons for them to be learned. <laughs> Although I do kind of like the idea that you go to all these rooms as like this this doesn't match any of the people here. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, nobody gives a shit about this. <laughs> what are we doing? I don't want to. I don't want chewing gum. <laughs> it's like you, <laughs> you you walk out of there and it's like no one's no one's got killed and was like oh we, we only have three we only have three seats now <laughs> like we were, we were expected to lose someone there <laughs> they've literally planned the whole tour of people dying that's what actually happened in the because fucking movie that's true yeah like, that's true um that's really funny yeah look i don't i don't recall i i think I think it'd be worth going back to Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and because there's a ton of rooms listed that they like pass by 
that you could you could pull from. Yeah. Um, but, um, I mean, just even the taffy pulling room and you get in there mm. and it's like, it's all gummed up or something like that because, you know, it, it's one of the too cold in there. So, you, you've got to warm it up to to- to give the taffy a little bit more oh, yeah, stretch and all this sort of stuff. Like, I do like this idea that maybe because Wonka's dead, the factory is starting to already like not run as well as it should, or and or because the Oompa Loompas are essentially on strike, uh, or essentially are trying to escape now, or are trying to like regain the fact control of the factory themselves. One thing I would like to see is. Um, every room that Wonka said to send the kids to, like, the, oh, yeah. um, go to the squeezing room, go to the, yep. you know, go the to the furnace. garbage chute. Yeah. Go to, yeah. Go to the furnace, go, go to the, you know, whatever they, wherever One they said. One was the tapping you know, pulling room, I think, wasn't Well, it? that was, that was For in- Mike TV. Or- that was oh, in, that was- uh, Charlie. That right. wasn't in Willy Wonka. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was in the Tim Burton one, but um, I do like the idea of of going to these different rooms and having to do something in that room. But you also see like something that says that this isn't the first time that he's had a tour through here. That you know something actually happened. Well, again, like this could be <laughs> you could you could even Willy just Wonka give- could have actually could have actually been Charlie who changed his name to Willy Wonka, like. This oh, is well, what we we, we take on our our own existing canon of uh, following is- Charlie through. Yeah, 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 yeah. I do like the idea of little Easter eggs where you find remnants of the first tour that we saw from the movie or the book. Um, oh, when when you when you go to the the chocolate room or whatever it is to to see what happens, you not only see the mangled body of of Willy Wonka, but you also see you know. Um, I know. Was it like lederhosen sort of stuff that Augustus <laughs> yeah. Loop was wearing? <laughs> yeah, it's like on a clothesline. It's just been there the whole time, <laughs> like yeah, 30, thirty but, years. But then you got to do something in that room to to sort of, um, you know, un unclog the chocolate room because the furnace is going to explode. Because and it turns out it's just the mangled corpse of of Charlie oh, slash Wonka. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I want to take this dark, like yeah, yeah, for sure. I think it's, I think it is dark. I think this is dark Wonka. But, but just how crazy it would be to go into, you know, you're now trying to stop the factory overload from happening, mm. and you're going through all the different rooms that that sort of you weren't Do on the, the original Oompa tour. Want the factory to explode? Um, I think what ends up happening is they didn't expect to have like fucked up this bad mm-hmm. and they d- they just didn't like Wonka who you later on find out that is Charlie like I-, I think that's that's something that you find out that yeah that Wonka is literally just the the name given to the um the you name f- given to to the to the who, owner who, of the factory of the Wonka factory yeah um yeah you end up in his office and you see like you know a picture of Grandpa Joe on his desk or something <laughs> yeah and and uh, you 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 see in like a safe. You open up a safe, and it's like it's the the skeleton of Willy Wonka, like the original Willy Wonka. <laughs> Still got know. the purple hat on. Oh, or he's stuffed. He's stuffed in the office. Like he, <laughs> <laughs> you really do want to take this dark. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, um. Yeah. Well, and he's got like the he's got the original golden ticket like framed and up on the wall or something. Like, yeah. yeah. Just. L- little things like that, and you could, 
you can sort of piece it together as you go through. What actually happens at the end is there's two different two different buttons that you can sort of push. Mm-hmm. One frees all the Oompa Loompas and and allows them to go on. Yeah. Or one, you take over the factory and and you become the new Wonka. <laughs> Do you end up killing off all the other people then? Do all the other people still die? Um, in that classic Wonka fashion, I kind of think they do. I think we have just, to. Yeah, like you go to the taffy pulling room and you 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 work out the the thing about oh you know there's some taffy actually covering up this heat event. Like if we take that off and you know everything starts warming up, everything starts moving again. Someone pu- gets someone gets pulled in tossed it, inside and, and-, and gets pulled into into you know a really long strand of of Natalie, like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um what what is your character's name? Oh god. Um Sherman. <laughs> okay. I I was actually thinking it was going to be a female, but Sherman can be female. <laughs> Shermy. I don't know. It's it's Claudia Sherman. And yeah, then it becomes Claudia show. Wonka. Yeah, maybe you do, maybe you do the like Mass Effect thing, and you can choose, and they everyone addresses you by your surname. Ooh, ooh, I like Wanda, Wanda Sherman, Wanda. Okay, and then yeah, if she takes over, it's Wanda Wonka, Wanda Wonka. Right. Or is she the Ill- illegitimate daughter of of Willy Wonka? And this is like you know you can you can sort of sprinkle that in a little bit more as well. She always knew, you know, there was always a reason. She always thought there was a reason she was so drawn to Wonka. But at, but then at one stage, her knees go backwards and you think, oh, she's actually an Oompa She's half Oompa <laughs> Um Okay, that is absolutely freaking bizarre, crazy, but bizarre. Yes. But I love the idea of a Telltale-esque. I love a dark Wonka. Super dark. That, yeah. Essentially a Wonka horror game, horror adventure game. Yes. Yeah. Yes, please. That and, you know, a Home Alone horror adventure game. You know, all all the classic 80s slash earlier. <laughs> yeah. Why, let's- let's ev- Everyone who was into those as a kid is now old enough, by far, to enjoy them in a new light with mm-hmm. some more adult themes. That does bring us to the end of tonight. Like- Oh, well and truly. Yeah. So, uh, I think we will- You can't go darker than that, so- (laughs) You can't go darker than Natalie getting pulled into the taffy puller. Yes. So, if you want to find us online and uh, shoot us a review, see our previous episodes, go to podchaser.com slash bitstorm and check us out there. We'd love to thank the wonderful musicians at Kuradust for allowing us to use their song, Mount to Find Yourself of the Album Containment Failure. For our opener and closer each and every week. That's right. So, thank you again for joining us this week on Bitstorm. I'm Ben Slinger. I'm Trevor Scott. 13 people died while I was editing this podcast. <laughs> <laughs>